Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Tate. We have a great show for you this week. The main event is a comedy magician tearing up the Las Vegas Strip. Farrell Dillon is my guest. He discusses going from being a road dog to having his own show at Bally's and where his show is headed next. Nick Lacapo stops by the show to discuss the feature product of the week from Takami's Usui. Before all of that, we kick things off with one of our quickfire segments where your favorite magicians share their favorite magic tricks, but in order to give it a sense of gravitas, they have to describe all of the tricks in under five minutes. This week, it's Eric Casey joining me on the top five under five eric casey thanks so much for joining me here on the penguin magic podcast for the top five under five give me your top five tricks in under five minutes and these can be in no particular order but just for order's sake let's start with number five number five would have to be throwing it back to a classic of the invisible deck oh yeah i, I love I, the invisible deck yeah i don't know how many times that's been said on the podcast but i guarantee i'm not the first because dear god it's just so good it, it really is. I mean, if, you've, if yeah. you've never, if you're a newer magician or you're, you've focused on different types of magic, you know, you have a deck of cards, someone can name any card and it is the only card facing the other way in the deck. Uh, and the, the classic way of doing it is great, but I, I have to say, I've seen some updated handlings of it. In fact, I just filmed a lecture with Craig Petty where he uses it for like a double prediction that is, Ooh, okay. where not only, where not only does he predict the celebrity that they would say, but the celebrity's favorite card that they would have thought it's really that's really fun. cool i like that a lot yeah so that too i use it more as an out it's mm-hmm. always in my pocket if i mess something up it's like oh well i didn't mess up boom here it is yeah it's the greatest tool to make you look even better my best tricks usually are when i mess up and have the invisible deck and then everyone's like that was amazing i'm like that wasn't the plan but hey like <laughs> there you go it's an invaluable tool all right invisible yeah. deck strong start let's move on to number four uh, I mean, I really am just a lover of the classics. So I have to go with uh, the Raven, honestly. Oh, I and then love the I, Raven. Yeah, I was obsessed with it when I was like 12, 13. And then watching Nick's handling again, it's the same thing where like made me like revisit the classics. And I'm like, Nick has reinvented this trick in a way that is just blowing my mind. You should check out the demo for the Raven because Nick's got some really cool moves on there. I actually just bought a, a jacket so that I could start wearing yeah. the Raven all the time. I love it. I will. I say, oh, I wear a button-up floral, and then I do mm-hmm. the through the the buttons, so I can do short sleeve Raven stuff. The world's greatest vanishing device. It's an incredible utility device for magicians. The Raven is also great. All right, let's move on to number three. Um, so this one's not released yet, but when this podcast releases, maybe it will be. But it's one of mine. It's um, it's called the expression test, and uh, it's one of my favorite card tricks to a point that like when I started really doing it, it was the only trick I knew. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like someone would ask me to do a trick. And it's simply the only trick I could think of at the time because I was just so obsessed with performing it. So, what is the expression test? What is that? What so is? It, give me the cliff notes. Yeah, the cliff notes. So it's like uh, my take on the uh, Biddle trick, but you never actually find their card, um, and you're just showing them these four cards, and you're like, "I'm going to slowly get to your card, hopefully, mm-hmm. like just by reading your expression." And then you're placing the cards one by one in their hand, and they're like, "Yeah, you you didn't ever show me my card." And I'm like, "Oh shoot, well." You get them to say their card, you divine their card, whatever, you snap, and then their card turns uh, face up in their hand, and then the entire four of a kind in their hand as well. Oh, I, I love that. That sounds like a great trick. All right, let's keep this train rolling, move on to number two. Number two is the uh, it's an expanded shell on either a quarter or a half dollar. Um, and just the amount of stuff you can do with an expanded shell is 
is kind of like, you know, the best go-to gimmick. Not really a trick, but just like a tool, you know? No, I love it. But I love specifically that you chose not just the half dollar, but the quarter version because... Quarter's the best. Yeah. Being able to do expanded shell tricks with a quarter is is devastating because lay yeah. people never suspect gimmick quarters. It's great. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, so... Yeah, and then number one is that where we're going? Yeah, let's well, let's go to number one. I think I know what it is because I know you. You guess? Do you yeah. want to say it? Do, is it is it Poker Test two point It has to be. Of course it is. It's been what fifteen years? Dog, stop drinking water right now. <laughs> Dude, hey, these Eric, dogs, man. Eric, Eric and I are, are both podcasting with dogs in the room right now, yeah. and uh, it's it's fantastic. But tell everyone what Poker Test two is before we let your dog take over the rest of the podcast. Of course, it's so it's the greatest opener in all of Magic. Um, there's no doubt about that. It's the, uh, you show five blank cards with either a red back, blue back, uh, and then one by one, everything starts changing. If, you know, one card turns into an ace, but then the backs change colors either to, you know, one solid or you could do rainbow or, and then out of nowhere, it's a Royal flush. So it's, uh, everything just changes completely in front of them and there's no slights at all. No slights involved. I love that it's no slights, but I also love that you can customize it so that if you, if you work with like a designer deck, you can just choose a designer deck. I mean, it's, it's a really, really clever uh, piece of kit. And I know that I've got one and I like performing it as well. My, so my favorite thing to pro tip is uh, I think Josh J has a rainbow deck or no, the prism deck. Yeah. And it's just like absurd backs. So if you do that, you actually can start with a bunch of crazy backs, but a blank face. Um, And so that looks just kind of like obscure or as John Hinton would do it, you do a bunch of jokers. So it's crazy backs, jokers. And then you're like, what's the bottom card? And they're like, maybe like the postcard, but it's a joker. And like, no, it's an ace. What's the back? And they're like, dude, they're all nuts like i don't know what the backs were you're like yeah. no it's just a red back like what are you talking about and it's a royal flush it looks wild it's a really fun way to do it john hinton brought it up on uh when he was on the podcast and I'm, I'm glad to hear about it again especially for the creator well eric casey thanks so much for joining us on the top five under five those are five amazing effects thanks to eric casey for joining me on the show be sure to check out his incredible effect poker test 2.0 there's some new packaging that features a hilarious easter egg you should definitely get a look at now on to the main event listeners to this show will no doubt be aware that one of my oldest friends in magic is the comedy magician feral dylan We've touched base with him on this show before about his incredible career from starring in the show Masters of Illusion to his work on some of the biggest cruise ships in the world. Since we talked to him last, he's been starring in his own show on the Las Vegas trip, and this week he made a big announcement about it. I caught up with Farrell via Zoom to discuss his show, his big move, and now you get to join our conversation. Farrell Dillon, thanks so much for joining me back on the Penguin Magic Podcast. It's First of all, it's awesome to see you again. Yeah, it's great to see you too. And uh, uh, thanks for joining me via Zoom. Thanks. But I, I wanted to talk to you because we're we're gonna get to an announcement a little bit that you've you've been sharing on Facebook in a very clever way. But uh, when we last talked, you just done a Penguin Live lecture, and you were sort of getting back to doing uh, sort of cruise ships and festivals. You just run finished your run with Masters of Illusion, and then like right after that, you started a show in Vegas, like your own Vegas strip show, which is a, a dream of so many magicians out there. Yeah, I know. Uh, so first of all, uh, yes, it is on the it is on the strip. It's not a strip show. Want to make <laughs> because because it is a show for families. Uh, so uh, yeah, um, yeah. Last time we talked, uh, it was like in the middle of the the, uh, the world was ending. The, <laughs> the the thing that shall not be named. Yes. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean. You know, I had just done my Penguin Live lecture. It was that, which was super fun, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and then, 
an opportunity came up at the end of that. And uh, one of my friends um, had decided that he was going to leave his job as an executive for Caesars mm-hmm. and open a production company um, producing shows and opening venues in Las Vegas. And he called me and pitched me on an idea of doing my show at a theater in Las Vegas. And I was like, well, yes, of course, because that's the dream, right? So uh, it was a a guy named Damian Costa. He's uh, just a good dude. He was the first person I ever met when I came to Las Vegas. Um, And uh, he basically just uh, had this venue at um, Bally's called the Magic Attic. It's upstairs over the uh, Jubilee Theater. It's a small little room, um, seats about 100 people. And uh, it was the first show that their production company had decided to produce. Uh, Since then, they've opened uh, a number of shows. Uh, They have another venue at the Rio called Duomo. Uh, which is a restaurant and a um, the restaurant is called Capola Cafe. Mm -hmm. And then it has a bar, it has a little arcade, and it also has a music rock venue uh, that has a bunch of shows in it. It has the uh, rating, the rock vault, which is like one of the number one rock shows in Las Vegas. It's basically just a who's who of people who've played for this band and that band. And they, all get together and then they play this like um, rock through the ages sort of show. It's really great. And then they have a show called uh, it's like a, it's, it's like at six o'clock, I think. And this show is um, it's called the Docksiders and they're a uh, um, like a yacht rock band. <laughs> okay. So they I... do the seventies and eighties. It's a very popular thing now. Oh, no, um, I didn't even I know three different yacht rock bands in Columbus, Ohio. So it's, I'm just laughing because like I'm being exposed to more and more yacht rock these days. Uh, it's awesome yeah, they, that you were in the magic attic though. Cause that like, there's been some like Xavier Mortimer had a show in there for a while. I mean, that that's a little venue that keeps like turning out like really nice little magic shows. And it's awesome that yours was so successful in there. Yeah. And uh, you know, that, that show room is really cool. Uh, it was a great place to uh, go and do a couple hundred shows, you know, and really uh, get used to doing a Vegas show. Um, and like, dude, the, one of the best magic shows in Las Vegas, and in my opinion, the best mentalism show in Las Vegas, Frederick De Silva mm-hmm. is there. He's been in there for nine years. Wow. Uh, yeah. And he's, dude, if you've never seen that show, it's one of the best shows in that, in this town. Like it is so good. Uh, it's so tight, you know, and he started from like nothing. His show was small, uh, you know, maybe a dozen cute, like lighting or sound cues throughout the whole thing. And now over nine years, you know, he like changes things. He changes like a little thing here and there, but since he opened over nine years, he now has over like a thousand cues in his show. Oh, that's crazy. Some kind of other. It's like crazy. And it's really like, it feels really big in that room. I mean, it's just a mentalism show, but it mm-hmm. feels big and it feels strong. He's just a good performer, a real showman. Uh, and that's another show that like is in that theater, you know, 
he gets his people in there every day and he just rocks it. That guy's awesome. So you, you, this, you, this is not your first turn in Vegas because you were in the Masters of Illusion show also at Bally's for, for quite some time. I came and saw the show and it was awesome. What is it like producing your own show there versus like when you were sort of like, you know, a, a hired goon for lack of a better term? Uh, in- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, so I'm not producing my own show. Uh, I have a, like a producer, um, mm-hmm. Damien and, uh, Pompeii entertainment are my producers. They're, uh, they're responsible for like, they take care of all the business side of mm-hmm. everything, you know, dealing with Caesars, dealing with things. I just show up and I do my magic show mm-hmm. and, uh, um, you know, I do, uh, events here and there, just like things to help out and, so they're really the ones responsible for producing the show. Mm-hmm. Um, my deal with Damien when I first came in was like, look, man, uh, you know, he's, he's doing all this stuff. I'm like, just trust me that I'm going to come in and bring a magic show. That's really good and really strong. Mm-hmm. And like my job is to bring, to gotcha. do my show. Gotcha. I guess, I, I guess maybe I should ask the question a little bit differently is, in in masters and some of the other stuff you were part of an ensemble cast whereas here this is like this is you so like you've got like the show like at the end of the day you're the name on the marquee and you're the one who's bringing all of that magic yeah and you know what that was uh one of the things that i was really nervous about because i've never really had to carry my own show Mm -hmm. right like i would do bits here and there in other shows when I did like cruises and stuff like that, like I would do my own thing, but those shows are like, that's a different thing. Like they're, they're not coming on the cruise to see Farrell Dillon. They're going on the cruise no. because it's like a floating bar with, with unlimited food and you happen to be right. there. Right. And then like, and then it's free. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, also I only have to do like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, here I'm doing an hour and 20 and I have to carry that hour and 20. And uh, at first I was really nervous about it. And there's some, I have some funny stories about uh, the first day that I opened, yeah. right? Uh, there's no clock in the room that I'm in. There, there wasn't, there wasn't a clock in the room I was in. <laughs> in. And uh, so I was doing the show and I'm used to doing 45 minutes, maybe 55 minutes, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And I get to about the, I get to a certain point and I go, Oh my gosh, I'm running long. Mm-hmm. I am, I am way long. And I start freaking <laughs> out. So now for like the last 15 minutes of the show, I'm talking as fast as I can. Yeah. Right. And I'm like getting through everything as fast as I can get through it. And then at the end of the show, I walk off stage and I go straight to Damien and I go, how long was it? And he goes, Oh, it was an hour and uh hour and five. <laughs> what? what? And I go, Oh, like what? So then the next day I do the same thing. And then like, I start freaking out again. I'm like, Oh no, this time for sure. I'm going really long. And so I do the same thing and I start speeding up through the show and I go, how how long was it tonight? And he goes an hour seven. (laughs) And I was like, no, like, gosh. So now like, if if you're listening to this and you're wondering, like in, in showrooms in Vegas, like the magic attic, like as soon as Farrell's show is done, he's got to get off and strike his stuff because the next show is coming in right behind him. So going long is like, is a huge issue. 
Yeah, it's verboten. And also, like, uh, yeah, so we have seven minutes to set up and then seven more minutes to tear down. That's all we have to get into the room and get on stage and open the doors. Seven minutes. So I have seven minutes to get all my stuff, like seven minutes to get all my stage. And I also have a meet and greet. Sorry to interrupt, but this week the show is brought to you by Super Quick Cube from Takami's Sui. Nick Lacapo joined me in the studio to discuss this puzzling piece of visual magic. Nick, our little buddy Nick Popa has been carrying around a Rubik's Cube again. So that can only mean one thing. I thought he quit magic, man. No, no, no. He's oh, just, he only does Rubik's Cube he, magic. It's Rubik's Cube magic <laughs> and and like chapstick magic. Those yes. are the two things he does. Yes. But when he's carrying around a Rubik's Cube, you know that that means that Takamizu Sui has got a trick out. So today we're talking about Super Quick Cube by Takamizu Sui. Takamizu is the, um, the OG of, yeah. <laughs> of Rubik's Cube magic, man. That guy invented like all of it. And man, is he one of like the best performers too? Oh yeah. If it, it, like side note, we're gonna talk about this trick, but like if you get his Penguin Live lectures and you have any interest in Rubik's cube stuff, uh, well, you should just get those Penguin Live lectures because yeah. they're incredible. He's got two of them, and he and like they're it's just all Rubik's cube stuff, and he he kills you with it. First, uh, f- full show, man, full Rubik's cube show. It's amazing. Anyway, um, Super Quick Cube is his. V- Visual quick solve, fast quick solve. So, you know, um, you show a Rubik's Cube, it's mixed up, he puts a couple, you know, turns into it, and then it, you, you just kind of, kind of, you're going to hold the cube, and then you just kind of do like a little up and down on it, and it completely solves. So it goes from mixed to solved. So what are you going to get here? You're going to get a, a Rubik's Cube. Now, the Rubik's Cube is normal. It has some, uh, I mean, I guess we can be specific. It has some magnets installed in it. So it's otherwise completely examinable. I mean, the audience isn't going to know that there's magnets inside your Rubik's Cube. You can hand the Rubik's Cube out, and it can be used as an actual Rubik's Cube. But the magnets uh, will work in concert with this special gimmick that makes it look like the cube is mixed up. And then what you'll be doing is just secretly sliding that gimmick off in the in the process of moving the cube up and down to make the visual quick solve happen. Uh, so it's... Vi- Super visual, it's super yeah. fast, and you know it's Takamiz's way, preferred way to solve a cube. You can see him do this in his uh, fool us act. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really really neat. Uh, you can tell that both Penn and Teller are very impressed by it, and I've seen him do it for real people, and uh, and they oh they, yeah, it jaws drop. It's on the, very fast. On the instructional video, you, he performs it for regular people, but also you'll learn some routines that you could do with it um, that are largely like, you know, quick quick solving routines with other Rubik's Cubes and things. I think the only other thing to uh, let people know is that our friends who listen to this show in Japan will be interested to know that oh, you yeah. teach the the first half of it, uh, right. which you teach everything in English, but then in the second half of the video, Takamis is teaching everything in Japanese. That is correct. Yeah, so if, uh, if you don't want to listen to Nick and you want to learn Japanese, it's a great place to learn Rubik's Cube. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But Super Quick Cube by Takamizu Sui. Check it out. That was Super Quick Cube by Takamizu Sui, available at penguinmagic.com. As always, the incredible listeners to our podcast receive 25% off the feature part of the week when they enter a special discount code at checkout. This week, that code is RUBIC. That's Rubik, just like the inventor of the cube. That code is only good for Super Quick Cube and only good until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Farrell Dillon. We have seven minutes to set up and then seven more minutes to tear down. That's all we have to get into the room and get on stage and open the doors. Seven minutes. So I have seven minutes to get all my stuff, like seven oh. minutes to get all my stage. And I also have a meet and greet. 
after the shows. So, like, I can't be long. Yeah. The show cannot be. And uh, so I'm, like, freaking out. And then, so finally, I go, I go on Amazon, and I just buy a giant clock. And I put it in the back of the room <laughs> so that I can see it and go, okay, we're good. <laughs> My show is very consistently, like, perfectly on time. Yeah. But, you know, I needed that to tell me hey man you can relax a little bit yeah just do your show and not feel freaked out and then you know i went from doing and like i did i changed zero material and went from doing 65 to 75 and or between 75 and 80 yeah and it was like just that like 10 i i i i rushed through 10 minutes of material as fast as i could right like just to make sure that I was on time. But I also promised Damien that I would be doing 70 minutes minimum. Yeah. And so when I get off there and it's an hour and five, I know that's like only five minutes, but like, to me, I was like, you mean I didn't have to rush all that stuff. Yeah. And I also had to reset my internal clock because my internal clock was set to 45 minutes because of the ships or whatever Mm -hmm. other, like, shows I was doing corporates 45 minutes like mm-hmm. you don't really do more than that most of the time so when you get to the 45 minute mark or the 50 minute mark you go oh this feels weird yeah. right it, it like it's just a weird feeling it's not that the show feels longer it's just that like the feeling is weird once you get past a certain point you go wait a minute I got yeah you can feel when you when you've gone long and it's uh like something happens in your body. Yes. Yes. And you can, it's, it's a very weird feeling and only people who like go from doing 45 minutes, that extra 15 minutes to get to an hour is a lot. Yeah. And then to go from an hour. So now like imagine going from 45 minutes and you got to go another half an hour. Oof. That's, I mean, that's like, that's so much material to have to create. And especially like, to the same level that your other stuff was. Yes. Yes. But like, like I already had the material space through other shows that I didn't do all the time because mm-hmm. I was never asked to do that much material, Yeah, but like it was there and it was ready to go. Like there was a couple pieces I added that were brand new and now I've done them a couple hundred times and I feel good about them. But like, well, I guess that that is a question I have is because I know, I know you, you know, getting your own show on the Las Vegas Strip. What what did you add to your show to make it uh, Feral Dylan Does Vegas? A very expensive set of stools. Um, <laughs> uh, so, like the stuff from the IKEA upstairs. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. The uh, the no, they're well, they're from the two of them are from Walmart, and then the other one is from uh, Blake Voigt. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have to talk about that, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so like I added, uh, that routine that, um, Blake does. I, uh, dude, I saw someone do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was Greg Fruin. Yeah. Right. And like, if you've ever seen my show, you know, that like, uh, the idea or at least the storyline of my show is going from black and white to color, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's the whole idea of my show. So like, a lot of the themes in my show are based around 
colors and like classic magic and it's always black and white and everything is black and white Mm -hmm. until it changes to colors right uh and so i was doing some show and i saw fruin do this thing with these like with this these stools and basically it was just like a a chair test Mm -hmm. where like the stools are three colors that they pick out of a bag and uh the last one it like is invisible or whatever Mm -hmm. and i remember seeing going oh holy shit like it's an amazing trick i've seen blake do it it's so good it's a great trick and uh i just remember seeing going i don't know what the hell that was but like i need to do that yeah that trick that trick fits my show so well and like there's a lot of stuff where i can do by play and like you know you got three people on the stage it's great like it'd be perfect for the middle of my show and so i contacted greg fruin and was like look i don't know what that is but i want i need to own this from you and he goes well it's not my trick it's blake's trick Mm -hmm. and so i was like okay so i got a hold of blake and then and this was at the beginning like right when COVID started and i was like you know what uh what is this thing and he talked to me about it for a minute and then i saw it and was like oh wow that's a it's a very expensive trick yeah and and, uh but it had been on my mind for a while and then like two years later this opportunity came up and i was like well i better uh i better do it now yeah and so uh because i needed the i needed the extra like i guess it's like eight minutes or nine minutes of my show now Mm -hmm. and i was like i needed it and I, I couldn't be happier with like the outcome of that. So that's awesome. Well, let's talk about yeah. the, the new news though, because we've got uh, just a few minutes left and uh, yeah. we've been talking about the theater, the show at the magic attic, but now you actually just announced this like yesterday on Facebook, you're moving to yeah. the Jimmy Kimmel theater. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. So Jimmy Kimmel has a comedy club on uh, the link promenade, uh, which is like a, um, a walking street. It's got the big uh, Ferris wheel called the high roller at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, but there's like an Outburger and the Brooklyn Bowl, which is like a cool music venue and bowling alley. Uh, like Guar's playing there in a couple weeks. And uh, I could see Farrell Dillon and Guar in the same week. In the same day. The same, the day. same day. That's, oh man. Yeah. I can't yeah. think of anything I need more in my life than that. No. Uh, it's a lot of, uh, it's going to be, just wear a white shirt to Guar. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like, uh, you know, Jimmy had a comedy club there. Uh, at the beginning of so it would it was open for eight months mm-hmm. and then COVID hit and then it shut down yep. and uh, it's getting reopened and they needed a family show to go in there it's a multi-million dollar venue uh, they wanted a family show for the afternoon at 4 30 and so the uh, people who are running the comedy club asked me to move our show to uh to there and that's incredible said yes yeah and we're really excited about it it's just a beautiful venue we're um really stoked they just added like three hundred thousand dollars in lighting to the place they've got like big moving lights that i'll never use but what's really cool about it is that it doubles as a um tv studio because uh jimmy has his studio obviously in Mm -hmm. la uh, but what the, I think they're going to be using it for is to cut from Jimmy 
in LA to the comic that they may have had on the show, but instead they'll be at the comedy club. So he'll cut to this comic and then they can play it there. So all the studio lighting from ABC is all in the venue. They just added all that stuff so that you can just go, he can go straight to his comedy club in Las Vegas and boom onto the show there. That's incredible. Yeah, that's such so, a that's a, such a cool idea for a late night host to be able to do that. But also, like that's it's just going to make your show look like a million bucks too. Right, and it also it'll it'll also be able to plug the comedy club for them anytime that they need to. I think so. I, I mean, it's a really super smart idea. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that they've like really equipped it to do is uh, shoot specials there, like comedy specials. Oh yeah, they've really equipped it for that, so that like whatever the production costs would have been to do a, a special at, you know, a theater somewhere, mm-hmm. they cut it down by having all the production capabilities in the building that live there. And then the rentals and stuff and the extras are minimal. That's so good. Well, where can people, if people are headed to Vegas in the next, so when do you open at JP Kimmel? At the, uh, so, so our show is still at Bally's until the 6th of November. Mm-hmm. And then we're taking off 12 days, and then we open on the 18th of November uh, at Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club. Uh, but the Comedy Club opens November 3rd. Oh, that's super exciting. Well, Farrell, thanks. Okay. I was just told that we open on the 19th. You open the 19th. Uh, Excellent. 18th. Yeah. Good to know. Good to have people uh, next to me who uh, can remind me of the correct things well feral dylan uh, congratulations uh, <laughs> congratulations on all your success out in las vegas and i'm Thanks, so pro- it's really great to be out here and uh you know there's so many great shows in town like if if anybody's coming to las vegas to see magic like this is the place to see it there's so many good shows oh absolutely so we'll, we'll have to have you back on after, you, oh i appreciate you i will have to have you back on after you've uh, had some time to break in the new theater and hear some some awesome stories from the, the new place Oh yeah. And, uh, we got some other awesome stories. Like if you ever want to just hear stories about whack things that happen, I've got a lot of them now. Oh, we're totally going to do that. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Dude. Great to hear from you. You too. That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Farrell for being on the show. And thanks to you for listening. I'm super excited to see what Farrell does in this new space. And I can't wait to pay him a visit to see his show. Hey, I wanted to give you all a heads up. Pay attention to my Instagram this weekend because I have some photos forthcoming that I think you're all going to like. It involves my FISM trophy and a rather unorthodox trophy case. I should have the pictures up by Sunday. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform that you watch your favorite comedy specials on. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, you'll have to figure out how to send me a message via ARGB controller in Descatron because, look, kids, I'm in deep in the middle of a desktop build, and this thing is going to look insane. But if gamer lights aren't your thing, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform.